0: So Jesus is consistently trying to help people see that God is not what they think. The messianic category they want to label him Messiah is not what they think, right? The reign of God is not what they think. This, this reframing of categories is
1: everywhere in Jesus' teaching. The Lord's Prayer, today on In the Shadow of the Cross. Everybody, to in the shadow of the cross. I am Lauren Rosser, and I am here with my friends Jim Durkin, hello, and Michael Harden. And it's next week already. It is I- next week. <laughs> Time flies when you are having fun. <laughs> so today, we thought we would talk about the Lord's Prayer, um, and I thought just thought I'd read through it before we discuss it, and uh, and then we'll just decide where we're going to go from there. Uh, so, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So being that that is the way that the Lord Jesus showed us how to pray, I think it's worth taking a look at. So let's just start out. You guys just want to start with like the first line, or how how far do we want to go here?
0: Well, I think the first thing you need to go do is read Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer in chapter eleven before we go anywhere.
2: Okay. As as you're looking that up, I uh I've always found it kind of interesting that this group of men come to the Lord and and their request because in their custom they had you know, the hour of prayer, they, you know, they went to the temple to pray, you know, I mean, they were very, very uh, familiar with praying or prayers. And uh, there was something about the Lord and the way he prayed that attracted um, attention to the point where the disciples would come and say, teach us how to pray. So, I, I've just always been kind of intrigued by that request.
0: Oh yeah well I can I can deal with that
1: request when the time comes. It is there's an interesting answer. Uh, is there a, a particular translation you'd like me to read it from? There's something from Luke 11. In the same translation you did before. Uh, I'm not you. sure which translation that was because that was straight out of the uh, the bulletin from church last week. <laughs> <laughs> the King James? Okay. So here we go. So here it is in in Luke 11. Okay. Uh, starting in 11 verse 2, And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. We need a different translation. We need a modern translation because the King James has his, his,
1: uh, turned uh, Luke into Matthew. Okay, so let's go to the NIV then. Yeah, there you go. That was the one I was originally on. And moved oh, away okay. From. But uh, yeah, let me you go. These and those, and I don't recall the NIV using these and thou. Yeah, no, the, the, yeah, that one. Wouldn't be. Yeah, the, here, here we go. Here is the NIV then. Well, I'll read that one from Luke. Yep. Luke chapter 11, verse 2. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Is that different? Yeah, that's different. The first line
0: is simply Abba. Mm -hmm. The second line is simply your kingdom come, right? Yeah. Right. The third line, I'm sorry, the second line is, hallowed be your name. Yeah. Hallowed be your name. The yeah. third line is your kingdom come. The fourth line is is different than Matthew's fourth line. So if you read in the same translation, you go back to Matthew chapter 6, and you read that line in the Lord's Prayer about the bread
1: petition, they say something very, very different. Um. Let's but, see. Because the other one, uh, give us this day our daily bread, right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, This one says, give us each day our daily bread. Okay, we'll have to unpack that then. Okay. Because translators,
0: they tend to want to harmonize things rather than letting text be text, you know. Okay. And so we want to just let the text be the text and not try to make it say something it doesn't say. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So the first thing at least that we have to reckon with is the fact that there is a long version of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, and there is a short version in Luke. Okay. Which raises the question of authenticity. Which one is authentic to Jesus? Well, the thing that's important about Matthew's version, Matthew's version has been stylized in the liturgy. Okay. So every phrase has a corresponding phrase. So instead of Abba, it's Abinu, our Father. Right? Our yeah. Father. And I'm moving my hands from the left to the right. So it's, it's our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Each of these has been stereotyped into and from the liturgy, from the church's own prayer life. So the Mathean version is an expanded form from within the early church. Okay, Luke's version has greater claim to be original. First of all, because of the simple use of the term Abba. Okay. Okay. Jesus uses that with reference, and only that term with reference to uh, a God concept, Abba. Okay? Okay. So we, the second thing is on these is that, so if, if, if in a petition I say, make your name holy, what am I saying? You know, what am I really saying? What, what, is, what could Jesus possibly mean by that? How did Jesus understand his father's name in relation to God's and God concepts, right? Uh, the third petition on the kingdom. Uh, there's some in, there's some interesting things that go on there. One of one of the more interesting ones is the textual variant found in Marcion's Gospel. Instead of "Your kingdom come," it's "Let your Holy Spirit come and rest upon us." Huh. Marcion's text. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth petition is very complex because. There's a word that's, that's found in the in uh, oh, Epiusius, I think it's Luke, that defies translation, really does. It's, it's um, a word not found anywhere else ever. Uh, well, it's cognates of the word are found. And so it's, it's, it's a real challenge as to how to even begin to translate this. The fifth petition uh, is pretty much the same, but we would want to pull them side by side and look at them. And the sixth petition is simply deliver us from the uh, what is this term pirosmos? It's not temptation. This does not have to do with morality. Okay. Huh. Okay. So what okay. does this term pirosmos mean? How is it used? What's it? What's its function? Okay. And why are we? Why are we to specifically pray this? And then there's no doxology in the original Lord's Prayer. You know. Yeah. Which is just very Constantinian. To you be the kingdom and the power and the glory. Oh, and the Calvinists too. Amen. You know? (laughs) Right. So so even before we get in and start asking about the more devotional or personal, relational elements of the Lord's Prayer, we have a task set before us in exegesis Mm -hmm. that we have to wrestle with.
1: Yeah it's interesting you brought up about the doxology part of the prayer. Cause I even remember in, in church growing up with my new American standard Bible um, that was even marked. Um, they, they do like an italics or something when it's not part of the original text or something. And right. I remember in, even in the one in Matthew, it had that on it and you go down to the little asterisk at the bottom and say not contained in a middle uh, original manuscripts. So I, I thought that was interesting. I'm glad you touched on that because I wasn't, you know, especially in my younger years, I wasn't sure what to do with that. <laughs> so let's see. So, so do we want to um, focus then primarily on the one in Luke, since that's the one that's uh, is, as you said, Michael, that's the one that's actually historical in the sense of the, the the original, most likely what Jesus actually prayed.
0: Well, I mean, that would be up to you guys
1: as well. I'm
0: um, I'm looking for where I translated the. So I want to give you my translation of the Lord's Prayer. Okay. <laughs> so, this is based upon research as well as into the Aramaic that Jesus spoke. Mm-hmm. Abba, reveal your distinctiveness. Usher in the reign of your gracious will. Feed us today with the bread of your glorious tomorrow. Come, show forgiveness to us as we forgive others. Please don't ever put us to the ultimate test and deliver us all from the accuser so say we all and i had i had to instead of amen i like so say we all from battlestar galactica
1: <laughs> just right. just cuz it's from battlestar galactica then i well, like it too
0: it means, it means the same <laughs> thing you know, amen is an affirmation you know right but um, but I did want to capture somehow, some way, in my translation of Luke's version, that Mathean corporateness. This is the prayer we pray together. This is our prayer. Jeffrey, um, oh gosh, Jeffrey, Jeff, I'm so sorry, buddy. Gibson, uh, when he did his book on, on the Lord's Prayer, he called it the Disciples' Prayer. Yes. Okay. And it really is the Disciples' Prayer. It's what we pray. Okay, But the thing is, Christians don't pray this prayer. Because if they did, it would threaten their very existence as Christians. Oh,
1: wow. Expand on that.
0: Well, there's a number of reasons to expand on it. But um, when we get into this, the distinctiveness of God is God's nonviolent character. That's what gets revealed. The kingdom of God is no longer a place, but the way God reigns. The way God rules, uh, the the bread has been taken out of the Deus ex Machina God feed me model to That any bread that I eat is the bread of the of the Messianic meal, the great Eucharistic feast at the end of time. You know, it's it's that charged with with power and potential. Um, Come show forgiveness to us as we forgive others. That, that, is, that sticks in the craw of every single Christian because this is the only place in the New Testament we ask God to imitate us. <laughs> wow. Don't ever put us to the ultimate test, which has to do with being in a place where I give up the fact that I am nonviolent as following Jesus and I give in and enter into combat. And then deliver us from the accuser, of course, comes straight out of Matthew. Uh, I, I pulled this, you know, to give give Matthew a little piece here. Um, uh, the not from evil in general, but from a very specific type of evil, the satanic use of the gesture to finger point out a scapegoat. So
1: that's my translation of my take. I, I I don't want to jump too far ahead and, and we'll we'll backtrack, but I loved what you said about uh, don't ever put us to the ultimate test. And you talked about that having to do with uh, uh, being pushed so far is in uh, to, to to respond in violence um, because without even realizing it, that has been the cry of my heart as of late. Is that do I have it within me should somebody push my button so bad, you know, to not retaliate? And, and I love that that's in the Lord's Prayer. I never knew that because I always <laughs> saw it as the temptation, you know, keep me from bad things, you know, from – being into, you know, making bad, making bad choices, you know, make good choices, yeah. you know, like you say to your kids when you send them to school or whatever. But I love yeah. that, that, cause, cause that even goes along with the whole thing when people, you know, the, the, the old thing on the, the violence um, thing of, well, then what if a bad guy with a gun comes in your house? Yeah. It's like, well, but yeah, that's yeah, right yeah, there yeah. in the, that's right there in the Lord's prayer. Don't, pray. don't, don't ever put me to um, please don't put me to the ultimate test. Yeah,
0: pirosmos is the term that's used there, and pirosmos, when it's used in the Gospels and in the New Testament, refers to the eschatological test of renouncing the faith. But in this case, it's not simply, "Oh, I, I don't believe in Jesus," I, you know. That's that's cheap. This has to do with renouncing the lived faith the, that that one has has taken on in practice, and that's that. Ethical substratum that we we see continually through the New Testament, and that commitment to absolute peacemaking and nonviolence. To renounce that is is really, it's to truly lose faith, and it's to be in a very bad. It's a very bad dark place to be. Yeah, as Hebrews says, it's it's, it's
1: almost impossible to come back from that. Wow. Wow, well, I have to say, you've uh, you've done for me with the Lord's Prayer what you did with uh, the Eucharist, because <laughs> because I, I I was already excited about the the early part, um, Your Kingdom Come, um, you know, praying praying for His will to be done on earth, but um, but uh, but this is just like really the um that that line about keeping us from temptation and what that means that that just that just blew my mind and and just took that to a whole very encouraging place for me so I'm, I'm I really like that
2: well I think I think already in in everything Michael shared each one of these what was the word you use Michael request or uh, petitions partitions yeah uh, each one of these uh, completely unpacks a whole range of thought and understanding that the average Christian whether you're in uh you go to a liturgical church that prays this prayer every Sunday or or just uh, occasionally you you know you come across it and or it's on hanging on your wall and you glance up and you oh yeah and you kind of read through it never understood really it's like uh like Michael, you're saying, uh, the kingdom is not a place. Um, and and yet so many of us uh, th- have thought of it as either a place or perhaps a state of mind, uh, you know, which maybe gets a little closer to what you're you're saying the kingdom is. but but I want to jump on the same thing Lauren was talking about. It seems to me, Having grown up in the time frame of America that I grew up in, and um, I was reading a, a book uh, the other day, and and um, the author was talking about, you know, at four years old, he had all the little uh, uh, soldier figures, you know, and he'd line them all up and bang, 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 and shoot each other dead, and, you know, and you know, you couldn't wait till you're old enough to get a BB gun, and and you know, or or maybe you had two side pistols, you know, and you ran around with a cowboy hat on, and you know, and 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 we grow we grew up in that kind of a mindset. Then, uh, at least for me, joining the military and and uh, going to Vietnam, and and so coming to a total conviction of that the call as a as a man of God, as a Christian is to absolute nonviolence is a journey. It's not a one time com- oh, you know like okay I said the sinner's prayer so now I'm a nonviolent human being <laughs> it, you don't get there that quickly mm, yeah, uh, right. so thinking in terms of lead us not into temptation as being the ultimate temptation to um, perhaps this isn't a, a, a proper application, but it, it made me think of if you set your hand to the plow and you turn back, right. you know, right. um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's like, yeah, that's a plow you don't set your hand to real quickly. But when you do, it, it is a lifelong commitment. Lauren yeah. brought up a question, and it was only a few weeks ago before we started this podcast. I asked him the same question. Yeah, but what do you do, you know, if somebody breaks into your house and is attacking your wife? I heard, I heard a man just a couple of days ago say, you know, if somebody's attacking me, I'm committed to nonviolence. If somebody's attacking my wife, one of us are gonna die. And I was like, and he, the way he said it is, he was saying, yeah, "I'm going after this guy, and only one of us are walking away." You know, and and i was thinking that prayer behind that prayer, lead us not into temptation. Behind that prayer is a place of absolute. Trust in Abba that He's going to take care of us.
0: Precisely, spot on. Well said.
2: A lot of words to get to that statement, <laughs> right, but it
1: was really good, Jim. And uh, and and because I mean, but that is the the dominant question in our culture, isn't it? That that always comes up in when we have these kind of discussions about nonviolence. It's it's one of the first things that comes up. And, and that's why, seeing that that's right there in the Lord's Prayer, it's like, once again, it's like Jesus didn't leave us empty-handed. It's like he mm-hmm. he, he gave us the tools to, to, to trust the Father and walk through that.
0: Nor, nor did he leave us wiggle room. Yeah. And he constantly, constantly, constantly is saying, you guys don't understand. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. But this is a tough, tough, tough path.
1: Yeah. Yeah. V- yeah. Very much so. And, and and that's the thing. It's like, it, it really brings to life the whole thing he talks about, about the narrow road and fewer those who find it, because you realize oh, yeah. it's, it's tough. I mean, I mean, it's so easy for me to talk about nonviolence, but then, but, but it, just even in, in daily life, you know, an employee at a store treats you bad, you know, you, you feel that retaliation wanting to wanting to spring out of you. And so it's so easy to talk about it. It's a whole nother thing to to live this out.
0: That's precisely why in the early church, they had a mentoring system they used. And the person that was being catechized into the faith had someone they could constantly, you know, feed back to and with, and so they could learn from their mistakes and, you know, they could carry on. Um, We don't have that in modern Christianity. And no. that is perhaps our fatal weakness as a, a religion.
2: Yeah. So i i, I want to throw a I want to throw a question out here. It just it came it came to mind. Jesus gave a commandment in the upper room, "Love one another as I have loved you." It it seems to me that nonviolence goes hand in hand with that commandment. He went on to say it's by this quality or this this kind of love that the whole world is going to know that you're my disciples. Mm -hmm. If you put those two together, if you lock those two in, love gets moved up a few notches from what the world describes as love you know social yeah. social justice or or humanism or whatever and the quality of love that Jesus is calling the church to beginning with his disciples love one another as i have loved you and a commitment to absolute nonviolence those things together Make us the kind of freaks that we wanted to be in the 60s called Jesus freaks, <laughs> where the world actually sees something markedly different, not just, uh, you know, the neighbor with the big Bible under his arm who goes to church at nine o'clock Sunday morning. Uh, it's like they're actually seeing something. They're, hey, those people. There's a quality of love among those people that's different than anything we've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we go to the um, to the start of the prayer there? Because, Michael, you made some interesting statements, so I think it would be good to go through it. Um, uh, so first we had, Father, hallowed be your name. Um, you mentioned, Michael, about um, Abba not being like any other God concepts. Um,
0: well, yes, and so this will tie in. Each of these phrases, by the way, is a major theme in Jesus' ministry. And I, and before I launch into that, let me just answer Jim's question. So, Jim, uh, Joachim Jeremias in his book, The Prayers of Jesus, um, brings up a few examples out of the rabbinic literature of rabbis who gave a specific prayer to their disciples and that prayer encapsulated the rabbi's main teachings.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: Okay. Now, if, if that's an acceptable kind of or a workable thesis for you, mm-hmm. then it's it's not that they didn't know how to pray or even that they saw something in Jesus that, that tickled them because they saw it in John 2. What exactly was John doing? He was giving his disciples... A prayer that that thematically summarized, you know, the important points of, of his uh, ministry.
2: Okay. Okay, that makes that makes sense. I like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm sorry, Jim. I missed your question. That's why I moved on. No, that's on. okay.
2: So, so Lauren, uh, I want to jump on what you just uh, asked, Michael. Michael, you uh, brought out that there was a difference between Luke, who just simply says "Abba, Father." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Matthew, who says "Our Father," so right. if you could address uh, Lauren's question and and mine on that, what what is the difference between those two?
0: Well, the 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 simple Abba is what's used of of our prayer life when we when as I've said to you before, I don't have a God concept. I don't call God God. Mm-hmm. I don't call God Lord, except for you know when I'm focused on that specific. But but uh, usually when I pray it's just Papa or, or Daddy or Abba. What Matthew's done is he's taken the prayer and put it in the mouth of the community. This is our Father. So Matthew's prayer that is the prayer that is it the disciples' prayer. That's the prayer we pray. Now becomes prayed together corporately in Matthew's gospel, and mm-hmm. thus all okay. the we and us language. Okay. And, and the the yeah, the exp the liturgical expansions. So that it's very sonorous. You know, it's very sonorous. It it's got a beat and a rhythm. Our Father who art mm-hmm. in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, what but you could sure. rap to it. <laughs> you couldn't rap to Luke's version, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Lauren, re, re, restate your question there.
1: So, um, it, well, he, he, he touched on it, but it was basically um, about how um, Jesus didn't have a uh, a God concept. If he could expand on that as far as um, he, how he just called his father, father, rather than having a, a God concept. And, and you mentioned that at the cross as well. on how.
0: So, so you have this, and we'll tie it into the next petition, uh, of the kingdom, the, the reign of God petition. So one thing we see Jesus constantly trying to do, whether it's parables, actions, teaching, whatever it is about his father and this reign of God that he's bringing, the way God reigns, he has to use language that is natural to his hearers, okay? But he doesn't have to import the same content they import into it. So there always when for the second temple Jew the kingdom of God refers to the descent of heaven down to earth the wiping out of the enemies the establishment of Israel's theocracy and head of the world and we begin with that. Now that 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 content is not there in Jesus understanding of the reign of the father. And he's consistently trying to show that the father's reign and the way the father rules the universe is substantively quite different than the way the people think. And he does this in parables where he often will contrast the father with some kind of evil king or mean king or or, or bad person, or he'll compare the two ways. I mean, think, think of you shall not be like the Gentiles who lord it over. That's parabolic. It's comparing. Mm-hmm. There's a comparison there. This is not who you are. So Jesus is consistently trying to help people see that God is not what they think. The messianic category, they want to label him Messiah, is not what they think, right? The reign of God is not what they think. This, this reframing of categories is everywhere in Jesus' teaching. But we go in with our, our minds and we see the word kingdom and we automatically think the way a Second Temple Jew does. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we we just see father, with no idea of of that the use of that term in Aramaic culture, both by children and as a term of respect for the elders. When it comes to make your name holy, we 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 automatically go oh, like the holiness code. God is holy. We got to get God holy, and make God's name holy, holy. You know, and without recognizing Jesus for Jesus, holiness was never a solution but a problem. And he changes the holiness code, be holy as I am holy, to be merciful as I am merciful. He changes it. See? So whatever Jesus is saying by make your name holy, we have to ask what holy is. Holy means make your name distinct. Uh Separate yourself. Uh Show the world you're not like the other gods.
1: Uh Uh Bring the way you
0: reign to us with this compassion, this, this mercy, this forgiveness, this non-retaliation that, that the Father is in relation to us, we are in relation to each other. And then then give us, either give us today our daily bread, which is one version, Matthew's version, uh, or, or let me go look. I'm, I'm going to get them mixed up, and I don't want to mix them up. And like I told you, I couldn't find my notes. Oh. I actually have six hours of lecture on the Lord's Prayer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why well,
0: Stuff on YouTube that's that's out there, yeah. So give us our 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 in Matthew, it's it's this bread. Give us today more of more in terms of like the manna tradition. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. More in terms of of the eschatolog the eschatological messianic Luke has give us day by day. Mm-hmm. Luke has that uh, manna tradition. Give us day by day what will be sufficient for us. Okay. Whereas Matthews Matthews is potentially, potentially with reference to give us the same room,
1: tomorrow's bread. Give us tomorrow's bread today. Okay. Because I like how I heard one teacher basically put it, said, um, give us this day our daily bread, or or the the way that Luke put it, um, where he says... uh, give us each day our daily bread. He said, you could, you could also put it this way. He said, feed us from the sustenance from above. In other words, give us, give me what I need today for this day.
0: Yeah. Um, I would want to be careful there with the words from above because that's, there's an implied Platonism there.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I want to be, I would be very cautious at that point. So, so give give us your sustenance.
0: I, I could I could say that there's there's a case to be made for give us the sustenance we need that will suffice us for today because that's all we're asking for just yeah. for today, right Yep. we don't ask about tomorrow sufficient unto tomorrow are its evils thereof right right
1: mm-hmm. yeah because because I always I, I saw that as that as Jesus said each day has enough trouble of its own I saw that prayer is. Today there's going to be stuff that's going to happen. <laughs> Please give me what I need from you today, to, for whatever it is that I'm going to encounter. That's right, and, and that's how I saw that, and and, and that's actually been um, a a huge encouragement for me ever since learning that because I I find that I do pray that because and and I have seen I have seen it when I when I look back on the day I'll look back and go oh. That's, and it still may have been hard, it still may have been difficult, but I'll look back and go, that's where he met me right there. That's oh. that's, where, that's where that sustenance was, to get me through that. Absolutely. Um,
0: I'm going to be starting a series, Lord, in the classroom where we deal with, and the whole thing's going to be in and around uh, time and, and the pre- question of the presence or absence of God. But God cannot be seen or known in the present. God can only be seen or known in the past, and as we we hope for in the future, so we connect memory and hope. But in the present, you cannot see God. You yeah. Can you can only look back and go, ah, oh, oh, I was taken care of. Right. <laughs> we live in the moment with gratitude that we're being taken care of because we know we are. But it's only in looking back we can go, wow, thank you, Father. Boom, you know. So, but anyway.
2: Can a person get to the place where in the present they do see God?
0: Um, I would possible? be very suspicious of that personally. I'm I, i uh, I'm not going to limit the work of the Spirit, but I would be very suspicious if somebody uh, claimed uh, a, some kind of divine, direct divine encounter that, um, how do I want to say this? I, I'm, I would be very suspicious of anybody that claimed a direct divine encounter, and Jesus told them to say such and such to the world, or to answer something. You know, I'm mm-hmm. very suspicious of that. Um, I personally think in the charismatic tradition, all of that stuff that goes back and forth, the word of the Lord to you, ninety-nine percent of it is just projection. Uh, a desire to feel good about oneself. One has a word, you know, know, or a desire to make somebody else feel good. And you'll always notice, you'll always notice in those traditions where there's those words, there's either the words are always encouraging to the church and judgment on the world, right? Right. But you don't ever have prophets standing up in the church going, the Lord told me that. There is so much gossip going on in this congregation. It's just, we're, we're eating ourselves alive. We're cannibalizing ourselves. And the Lord told me to stop this. You don't have that. <laughs> Right? The Lord told me that the pastor needs to quit banging the secretary. You, know? <laughs> you don't have that. Right. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry, but, but I'm, I'm very suspicious of anybody that thinks that they're having a direct encounter with the Father. All of our encounters are mediated to begin with, whether by Jesus or the natural world or trust they're all mediated
2: and 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 I think what what I'm hearing you say and and if I'm in a situation today you know I'm I'm going through something um if I look to my past and I see where God has shown up if you will and I don't even like that term very much right uh, and I'll explain that In a minute, why? But anyhow, it gives me hope for whatever I'm going through right now. That's right. And 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 I think we want to. How how do I say this? Uh, First of all, a quick disclaimer: I am a charismatic. I know, but I but uh, I weary, (laughs) but I weary of all of those. Uh, you know, words that are called prophecies. Um, I stopped, you know, listening to the prophecy channels a long time ago uh, because I, I I agree with what you're saying. I, I, I would rather take that off of that uh, realm of the prophetic, the inspired word from the Holy Spirit to just a good word of encouragement i'm just i just have a word to encourage you brother or sister or whatever and you know it's like leave it at that it's like you know god's gonna see you through this thing or whatever it's like okay well that's a good hopeful word you know it gives me hope but um, but go back now to something you said and i really really appreciate that I have for a long time thought we miss the whole thing when we have a God way up in heaven that somewhere in the corner of heaven or in the closet of heaven or something, he's got all these good benefits for us. And if we say the right prayers in the right way or do the right thing, once in a while, he'll unlock the, you know, unlock the closet of benefits, and he'll drop one down from heaven. Or, you know, if we worship in the right way, he'll uh, unlock the the other closet called uh, his anointing or his blessing, and he'll drop it down from heaven on us. Uh, I think what what you're saying, getting back to uh, this prayer. Uh, call it the Lord's prayer, call it a disciple's prayer, whatever. Uh, We start right out with blasting that whole concept by simply saying, we're talking to Father here. We're talking to Abba here. If you want to, we're talking to Daddy, you know, Papa, whoever. Uh, We're not talking to almighty God who reigneth in the heavens, you know, and, and it's a good way to start it. Wait a minute. We're talking to someone. I not only can have a relationship with someone. I do have a relationship with
1: that's correct. And Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm thinking that and this ties right into what we're talking about, the, uh, living on his sustenance and and ties in also into when we're talking about, um, being charismatic versus, um, you know, the traditional view of being charismatic. Um, I'm thinking back to when Lily and I were moving here to Milwaukee. Um, this is an example of getting the sustenance that we needed. Um, Lily was praying and she had a vision of us walking against a headwind and, and she goes, she says, you know what? I feel like father's showing me that this is going to be a hard move. This is not going to be, This is not going to go smooth or easy. And then I'm talking to another friend of mine and, and he says the same thing. He goes, he goes, you know, I just get the impression you guys are going to, uh, you're supposed to do this, but you're going to walk into a storm. And uh, sure enough, it was, this was the hardest move I ever did in my life. Um, It seemed like every turn it was, it became, it almost became like what could go wrong now, (laughs) you know? And then, and then just as, as Lily had seen. not Murphy. Right, and 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 but see, that's not the kind of typical, you know, charismatic message that you give. It's you know, if God's promoting you, God's moving you forward. It's no, you're, you're walking into a get ready, things are going to get rough. <laughs> and and I saw that as like when Paul, you know, when when he he's setting his face to go to Jerusalem, and the prophets come to him and go go take his belt and and tie his hands and say, this is what's going to. Happen to you. And what I find interesting is, is Paul's, their response was, well, then God's saying, don't do it. So they're begging him not to go. And Paul goes, no, he's just showing me what's coming. I'm supposed to still go, you know, and and that goes against all our happy, clappy, you know, uh, health and wealth, charismatic teaching. It's, it's that the sustenance is like we said, is what you need. It doesn't mean it's, it's going to, that it's, it, it makes the path easy. It's it um, in a case it's it's a grace that comes that he's showing you you're going to step into something hard so you're mentally prepared for that um, I, I think of a friend of mine also everybody uh, is a, um, a, a man's uh, wife was was very ill and everybody in the church was praying she get healed she get healed she get healed and and my friend um, who has a very prophetic edge to him um, gets a sense no, she's, she's going to die. She's, she's, she's not going to live, you know? And, and he tells the husband says, you know what? You can either spend your time fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting for her to, to live, or he goes, you can enjoy these moments that you still have together. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he received it. Thank, thank goodness. And, uh, and, and realized, yeah, I need to stop wasting my energy. And uh, and and enjoy this time, and and so that's what I see that sustenance from above. It it, from not from above. You corrected me on that, Michael. (laughs) But but his daily sustenance is is what is it that I need today? What is it that I need to to know for my next step in this journey of life that can has a lot of hard times. And of course, there's 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 also wonderful things that happen and stuff too. I'm just not wanting to weigh it all on the on the hard side. But but that's the The pollution I see when we talk about uh, charismatic thinking is that it's been polluted by it It means everything's going to be positive and everything's always going to be better and better and better and and that's simply not the case. The, the gifts The gifts of the Spirit are to meet you where you're at, and and oftentimes Father gives you insight into where you're at so that you know how you need to stand in that season, but. And and that that's a welcomed gift, but it doesn't mean it's always going to be what we want to hear.
2: Well, and i i want to I want to jump on that. I, I I appreciate what Michael was saying about not seeing God in the present. Yes, I I believe on occasion, if we're really listening to the Holy Spirit, and and that probably has needs to be defined. The Holy Spirit li- lives within us. Uh, that voice is, is a voice within. It's not a voice through the universe or whatever. But anyhow, if we're really listening to the Spirit, there are occasions where we may get a, a warning or we may get a, a, a little insight or hear, like, hear this, hear, you know, that. But most days, It seems to me, and and we may be getting a little off track here, but it seems to me that the food that would be sufficient for me today is trust.
1: Right. Yes. Yes.
2: You know, I don't see what's happening today. But I have to trust that God is in my today. Correct. And... Whether it's a Monday, and I don't mean the first day of, uh, you know, the, the calendar, you know, week. I mean, just, just you know, everything's in rote, or it's a tumultuous day, or it's, a, you know, a grand and glorious day. In all of it, I need to see that God was taking care of me through that day, regardless. And on the worst of days, I have something that, you know, that in in Corinthians, it says, abides, and that's hope, hope abides. And, and there are some days where I just have to hope, <laughs> you know, yeah, trust that God was in that day. And even if tomorrow is not going to be better maybe this thing's going to last for a while, whatever this thing is that one day I'm going to look back and it's going to be a historical period of time where I'm going to be able to see God was in it
0: that's right
2: Yeah, but sometime, well maybe all the time according to Michael uh, and we know he is the grand poobah of this uh, (laughs) 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 <laughs> Anyhow, that most of my todays, I don't see God in it. I simply trust that God is
1: in it.
0: That's what. That's all I was trying to say.
1: And, and that's a good, Jim. And, that, and and it's also really encouraging because one of the things that. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. Um, it, in Christianity, there's there's such a mentality of we we want to see God moving now. We want to, um, and that's even the draw why a lot of people you know even get drawn to ministry and stuff because they want to be in the middle of what God is doing. And 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 there almost sometimes becomes this mentality that when you're in the, just the daily humdrum of a regular job or something like that, you're like out of the loop. And but I love that what you shared there, Jim, it was like, no, God is in that God is there. The father, I, I prefer saying father, mm-hmm. Michael, instead of a God concept, mm-hmm. but father is there, you know? Um, and, but we might not at the day, you know, it's like, like you said, it's a Monday, it's a humdrum day. I did this. I did that. What really happened? We might not see what, and we might not even know in this life even, I mean, you know, because, that's another thing we're almost taught falsely is that, that, cause Paul said one person, uh, you know, he sowed another one watered and then another one got the harvest. You know, we, for all we know, our life could be in a season of we're just planting seed. That could be, that could be our whole purpose is planting seed, you know, or you could be watering, you know, or some people are fortunate enough. They get to be the one to actually see the harvest. So, you know, and that's where the trust comes in also is father. I'm trusting you. You've, you've, Directed my feet this way. Um, I, I trust that whatever this is, whatever my life is, that that this is bearing fruit somehow in your kingdom one way or another.
0: And it is and it will. And it does. And yeah. It does.
1: yeah.
0: If, if if you're just it's, it's we have got to learn to let go. Um, we've got to stop being stop being kingdom builders here. We've got to stop that mentality. We've got to stop the mentality bigger is better. We've got to stop the mentality that um, uh, we need paid clergy. We need trained clergy. We need clergy that are not only book smart and street smart, but spirit smart. You know, And you only get that when you're mentored. Yeah, and I'm not no. talking about that accountability bullshit and the charismatic tradition. I'm talking about real, authentic, genuine spiritual mentoring
1: or spiritual counsel. Yeah, that's good. We, we need leaders that are that are book smart, street smart, spirit smart, all at once. Yeah, and and I like how you really highlighted the thing of um, getting out of the mentality of being a kingdom builder, um, because because that just adds so much. <laughs> really, it, it puts you in a life of pressure, and, uh, and 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 it it also puts unrealistic expectations on everybody of what it is to follow Jesus.
0: Oh yeah, and it, it's not a following of Jesus that happens because. The, everybody follows the leader, but but the moment in that in that group that um, uh, somebody arises that that can challenge the leader, you know, for charismatic ability or anything else, that person is going to be gone. Yeah, is there a threat to leadership? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So we've so we've established that. It isn't about a God consciousness, it's about Father, it's about Abba, it's about mm-hmm. relationship. Holy or hallowed is your name is make your name special. Mm-hmm. Make your name unique. Mm-hmm. Would, that, would it be fair to say unique from, from what? From all the other gods? From, from all you?
0: the other gods okay. who are sacrificial right. in character.
2: Yes, okay, okay. Angry gods, gods yeah, who, yeah, I'll guys. get my wrath, I'll get yeah, right. my vengeance. It's, right. Okay. And, and, and then um, we We don't dealt, like
0: nasty gods.
2: <laughs> and we dealt quite a bit with, uh, give us today the food for today.
0: Well, since uh, next week <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about the rest of the petitions, let's just say this. One of the beautiful things about the gospel tradition and about the way the early Christians remembered Jesus was um, they had the freedom uh, to not uh, stick with his literal words. We We need to just get this literalism concept out of our head, okay? But there were certain words in Aramaic that were so important and almost untranslatable, almost that they actually carried over into the Gentile congregations. So, for example, in Romans, when Paul says, the Spirit is poured out and it cries, Abba, and then he translates that with the Greek term, Pater, right? These are Gentile Christians when they're praying, using an Aramaic word, Papa, Abba, or they're understanding Pater, no longer in that hierarchical sense like the Romans and the Greeks but as as the kind of loving generous god that the father is um and the early church had had a lot of freedom with regard to how they lived Jesus understood Jesus thought about Jesus um They they came at this whole Jesus experience from so many perspectives, okay? But they were fundamentally absolutely at the core, committed to the exact same pattern of life that he lived in loving Lord your God with all your heart, your neighbor as yourself, love your enemy, turn the other cheek, forgive 70 times 7, all the stuff that makes up Jesus' ministry. And then he says, this is how the Father reigns. Mm. That is something that, that, that we see in the New Testament. And the beauty of the New Testament writers is they, they're just they're doing what we're doing. They're, they're gutting it out. They're using their own hermeneutics, right? Just like we're using our own hermeneutics. But we're doing the same project. We're
1: gutting this thing out again. That's absolutely awesome, and and uh, this was a great conversation because I'm, I'm walking away having picked having learned two distinct new things today that that have really encouraged me. Um, both on uh, make your name distinct. Um, that was that's just awesome to me because for me that was a, a line I just kind of breezed through. You know, it's the intro. You know, um, and then also the the thing about lead us not into into temptation, um, keep us from the ultimate test. That that was just so so encouraging to me and, and life-giving. So awesome. Really good. So, um, Jim, where can people find your, uh, find your book?
2: On amazon.com.
1: All right. And Michael, where can people find your stuff? And you have stuff more on the Lord's prayer. Yeah, I know. I, I, know
0: I have, uh, stuff on the Lord's prayer. I did some years ago in Canada out there on YouTube. So if you were put into YouTube, Michael Harden, the Lord's prayer, you'd be able to find it. And, um, And I don't know, I I, I know I've done a six-part video series on the Lord's Prayer. I just don't know uh, where that's located or even if it's on YouTube. But you can find my translation of the Lord's Prayer in my book, The Jesus
1: Driven Life, on Amazon. All right, and and next week, giving everybody a quick uh, preview for next week, we're going to focus on your kingdom come. So uh, we'll, we'll and the,
0: the prayer. We got the rest of the prayer. Yeah, and
1: the rest of the prayer too. But but I mean, we'll pick it up there in case people are like, but 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 you missed that part. <laughs> so so we'll pick it up there next week. All right, guys, we'll see y'all next week.